All right, let's go ahead and have a seat. Today we're going to be talking about what it means to worship and what worship is and what worship isn't. And for the next three or four days, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, we're going to have some activity sprinkled into it as well, some, um, some engagement pieces. But we're going to talk about what worship is because uh, starting the week after next, we'll probably be spending some time with God in that kind of way um, um, just to give you all a practice so you can better understand what that looks like. Um, but I just want to give you guys a, a sound biblical understanding of what worship is uh, so that you guys won't go into it uh, faking it or going into it forced. But you'll be able to flow in it based upon an outward expression of, of your love for God. So let's get right into what is true worship. The Apostle Paul described true worship perfectly in Romans 12, 1 through 2. This verse right here is very paramount. Uh, for us to understand, it says, I urge you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. I'm reading from another version that's different on the board. And do not be and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, well-pleasing and perfect. Now, this verse has multiple layers into it. But it's essential for us to go through it. So that you'll be able to see how that applies in your life. But we'll get back into that. I think it kind of goes in this next passage here. It says, this passage contains all the elements of true worship. But before I get into it, what is worship to you all? What is, from your vantage point, what is worship? You good? Whatever, whatever comes from your heart, bro. Yeah. Praising God. Yeah. What else? Giving glory, honor to God. What else? It's all good. So we're in the right lesson then. It says this passage contains all the elements of true worship. The reason why I put true there, because there is the sense of false worship. First, in that verse, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercy of God, that verse there. Um, what's up, bro? It says there's a motivation to worship. The mercies of God. God's mercies are everything he has given us that we don't deserve. Now, our motivation should be God's mercy. If it wasn't for God's mercy, we wouldn't be where we are today. Right now, it is because of his mercy that we're breathing. I always say that it doesn't matter how much money you make, no matter how successful you become. I don't care. You become the goat of the field that you find yourself in. You had to use God's air for that. You had to breathe this air. So no matter how far you go back, if it wasn't for the mercies of God. For if it wasn't for the mercies of God, you wouldn't be able to manage the success you have. So that should be our motivation. Worship is not solely in music, it's not solely in expression, it's from or boils over from engagement. But I have to have a mindset that understands why I worship God. Why I serve him is because of his mercy. He's been so good to us. He's been so faithful to us. Without him, we would not be who we are. Therefore, our worship should spill over from that motivation. It says God's mercies are everything he has given us or is everything he has given us that we don't deserve. We deserve nothing. We literally don't even deserve the air we breathe. We don't even deserve the food that we eat. We don't deserve anything. It's only because of his mercy 
that we're able to be who we are and do what we do. So whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's whatever art or skill or place you want to find yourself, you have to say, God, I give you the glory because if it wasn't for your mercy, I would not be able to serve people my giftings. It says also in this passage is a description of the manner of our worship. It says, I present, uh, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Presenting our bodies means giving to God all of ourselves. The reference to our bodies here means all our human faculties, all of our humanness, our hearts, minds, hands, thoughts, attitudes are to be presented. Now, what does that look like? That when you're on that football field, basketball court, in that business room, in that courtroom, if you want to be a lawyer or a doctor, you got to say, I'm giving all of myself. The question is, how much of yourself have you yet to give to God? Because worship is not what you do at 11 o'clock on Sundays. Worship is not what you do when your favorite uh, 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 worship song comes on. It's the manner of, of, of the person that you are. It's what you present. When you woke up this morning, did you present to God anything? Did you even present him gratitude? Did you even present him <clears throat> appreciation? The first thing you do typically in the morning shows where your heart is. That's why I don't even put my phone beside me. Because I don't even want to reach over my Bible to touch my phone. I don't even read my Bible on my phone. That's too distracting. You know what I'm saying? Because as soon as you get on that device, notifications pop up. All of a sudden, you start getting down these different paths. But there has to be something where you mentally begin to appreciate God. To the point where you say, God, I'm going to present my hands. I'm going to present my mind. I'm going to present my thoughts, my attitudes. I'm going to present everything as a living sacrifice for the Bible says it's our reasonable service, right? I don't expect the people in my life to pay me at the level that I gave them, but whatever they want to give, that's reasonable because of the sacrifices, right? So what did you present today? Did you even acknowledge him? Did you even talk to him? Because if we look at worship only when there's music involved, then we won't really have anything to solve because we don't really acknowledge the one that can problem solve, who is God. And so we got to present every morning. It has to come from a, a mindset that says, God, I present my life to you. I know this is, can be pretty long, but I just want you to make sure you guys have a, a biblical understanding of what this is before we start getting to some engagement pieces. But it says, but how? Again, the past is clear by the renewing of your mind. We renew our minds daily by cleansing them of the world's wisdom and replacing it with true wisdom. Let's do this real quick. Give me a topic, any topic that, that can be utilized or utilizes both forms of wisdom. Let's just talk a little bit. What are some things in y'all's lives that you can tend to go to the world's way or God's way where you're kind of, say it again? Sports. Sports. So sports. So over here is God's wisdom. The world's wisdom. What does the world say about sports? <clears throat> it's a good question here. What does the world say about sports? Or what, or what does the world try to influence you mentally about sports? Sports can take you a long way. You said how far? You said it again? Sports can take you a long way. Take you a long way. What else? Sports also, people say, is the source of your glory. How can I be glorified through my play? That's world wisdom. Go out there 
and, and, and to give your best so that you can get the glory at the end? What else is sports is or the world's wisdom of sports? Huh? What'd you say? Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So we'll take those two. So the world says, hey, sports, if you give it your all, if you give it everything you got, it could take you long, right? Also, sports will say the world's wisdom is do it for your glory. Do it for your, your entertainment. Do it for your whatever. Now, what is God's wisdom about sports? Maybe sports is a little got your brains turning. A form of God's wisdom is you have to utilize sports for my glory. World's <clears throat> God's wisdom about sports is it's not forever. God's wisdom about sports is have an adjacent plan or a backup. God's wisdom about sports is, is that it's not your source financially. So if the world's wisdom says, okay, world says go get as much money as possible. This world's wisdom says sacrifice your family for the glory. For how long you go? Look at Kobe Bryant. I feel bad, man. Kobe said in one of his interviews that he he uh, sacrificed uh, a lot of time with his family with the NBA. And what he said was, after I retire, then I can give time to my family. But how many years after his retirement did he die? Two years. So he gave the NBA 20, but only gave his family two and lost his daughter in the process. So world's wisdom says, hey, man, put your family on the back burner. Be as great as possible, because at least for your family, you're providing for them. At least for your family, you got a nice house for them. At least with your family, they go to the best schools. But how many kids know it don't matter how successful your dad is, you still want your dad's attention. It don't matter how much your dad makes. It don't matter how much your dad goes out there and work. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day. <laughs> Every child wants their father's attention. So provision for a man, the world says, provide financially. But what are some other provisions a man has to provide his family? Food. Food. So that's up on the money. That's up on the money. Protection. There we go. What else? Attention. Huh? Attention. Attention, yep. So it does like for me, I already got the mindset. It don't matter how tired I am. <laughs> if she want to play Barbie dolls, I'm, all, I'm sitting Indian style playing Barbie dolls. If she want a tea party and wants to talk to stuffed animals for four hours after I don't work eight, who's going to be there all four hours? Because I rather give her all of the attention than for her looking to another man for that attention. That's why you never give your family. This is for this is for talk down the road. You never give your family what's left. You always give your family what's best. Now, what else does a man provide? That he has to provide more than just what sports will tell them to provide financially. Guidance. 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 There we go. Yep. Also, spiritual guidance, right? So, if all you provide is this, what happens to this? What happens to that? What happens to that? Because even if you got the money to have all the security systems and your daughter and son got security guards, that's still not enough. Because your daughter can still be craving the attention of a young boy and you ain't protecting her sexually. You're not protecting her mentally. You're not protecting her emotionally. So the world's wisdom says, get your money. <clears throat> you might have to sacrifice your family to get the money. 
Get all the glory you want. Do it as long as you want. But what does NFL stand for? National Uh-uh. What does it stand for? Not for long. No matter what sport you play, you will dribble, pass, catch, run for the last time for money one day. So at the end of the day, God's wisdom is not, God ain't sitting there saying, don't play sports. One thing about Christianity, God is not trying to conform you to where you can't perform and, and do what you love. He just says, fam, you can't handle glory like I can. That's why you see some athletes, I give all glory to God. If it wasn't for my Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, I wouldn't. Because they know he deserves all the glory. And he also, glory, sports also says for God's wisdom is, fam, you might want to have a backup plan because you might get hurt. God's wisdom says, man, I don't even know what I wrote there. Anyway, so I have to make sure that I'm not using the world's wisdom for sports. What's another thing that we can use the world's wisdom for? What's another topic? Religion. Say it again. Religion. That's a good one. <clears throat> so what's the world's wisdom for religion? Almost the same stuff. Go ahead. The world's problem. And that might be confusing because you like, well, religion. But religion is different than relationship, right? You need both a little bit. Religion, so for instance, when me and my wife got married, we said our vows. Vows represents what? Relationship. But give me another word. It represents, I'll give it to you, boundaries. I vow not to blank, 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 right? So religion to a degree, not, not the tainted version, you need some level of guidance. You need some level of boundary so that you'll know how to have a relationship. So if I go outside this box of my relationship with my wife, I'm a cheater. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So I have to have boundaries in order for that relationship to thrive. So the world's form of religion is it determines my identity. How many people met some, met some self-righteous people? Who know what that means? Self-made. Huh? Self-made. Self-made. Or they're, 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 they make you feel like they're, that, that they're better than you. That's why my vibe as a Christian, I never want none of y'all to feel... Oh, Mr. Ezzy's looking down at me, right? <clears throat> or Mr. Ezzy's judging me. I don't care. Man, you know how many stuff I hear in my office about what kids done, might do, plan on doing, the stuff that they're going through that, that nobody will ever hear? Because I don't want to be that type of guy to be like, oh, there's some people be shocked. They'll come to my office and be like, Mr. Ezzy, I, I, just yesterday I did this, and he was expecting me to be shocked. <laughs> do you know the stuff I've heard? <laughs> the stuff that I, Nothing that you could have ever done can shock me. Why? Because I'm trying to be as close to God as possible. Not God, but as close to his character. So when you're going through something, God ain't going to be like, oh, you did what? Bro, you evil, fam. God's like, man, I done seen it all, heard it all. Ain't nothing new under my son. <laughs> S-O-N. Nothing new. And when you understand that, you can say, okay, I can talk to him. So some people are just self-righteous. God's form of religion or wisdom is it's not your source. It shouldn't be your identity. Etc. Etc. Let's keep going for time's sake. Again, the passage is clear by the renewing of your mind. What does renewing of the mind mean? Let me see if I gave you the definition there. Oh, it did. By the renewing of your mind, we renew our minds daily by cleansing them 
of the world's wisdom. That means I got to get in the process of allowing the Holy Spirit to wash my old way of thinking. Washing them of the world's wisdom and replacing it with the true wisdom that comes from God. So that right there, you have to ask yourself, what are some things in my life that I think wrong about? Why is having the right perspective important for everything or essential for everything? Why must I see things as they need to be seen? That's what. That's right. And how many people believe a lot of these things in life? Because if, if, no matter how you think about a thing, if you think about it wrong, you will manage it wrong. So every day as a man, I got to say, God, is there any form of thinking in my mind, any way of feeling in my heart that is not your wisdom? Because how can I truly worship God if my mind is not washed? Right. It says we worship him with our renewed and cleansed minds, not with our emotions. So how many people been in worship services and your mom stepped on your foot shouting? Okay, maybe not. Or your yeah, 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 okay. So your mom ran around the room, or you see people, and that's nothing wrong with that. But worship is not. So y'all raising your hands. Y'all done seen it. Mom done went crazy. Wig done fell off, right? And, and the usher done came into the pew, and they trying to make sure my mama going in, bro. You know what I'm saying? But we worship him with our renewed and cleansed minds, not with our emotions. So people think that worship is solely emotional, right? That's not what worship is. Worship, small percentage of worship is emotion. Worship comes from a renewed mind because when I think of the goodness of the Lord and all that he's done for me, I can't help but then express because of what I've been impressed about. So what I don't want y'all to think is I got to shout like my mama. I got I to gotta do all these different things or I got to uh, lift my hands. My mom, it was so funny when I was young. My mom was like, son, why don't you raise your hand at church? I'm like, that's not my vibe. Even if you see me at church right now, you don't really see me. I don't really be getting in like, because that's not my worship with God. Like, I'm more introspective. I'm more filling the room. I'm more uh, receiving ideas from him. Like, my worship with him in a corporate setting is different. If you see me running around, something really happened to me. You see what I'm saying? But that's not my style. So what I'm trying to liberate you guys from is thinking that you have to worship like that in order for your worship to be accepted. Right. So when we do play music or whatever in here, some people may vibe out. Nobody might not vibe out. And that's fine. Right. But I want to make sure I help cleanse your mind from any false beliefs of thinking worship has to be the shouting of my feet, the raising of my hands, etc. Now, those people that do that may be from their renewed mind. They're experiencing God a certain way where they expressed at that volume. But it doesn't mean you have to. Emotions are wonderful things. But unless they are shaped by a mind saturated in truth, they can be destructive, out of control force. Now, what are the negative things of worshiping God from emotion alone? Just emotion. If you that's right. Some people are doing these things emotionally because they want a what from God? A return. But the moment they don't get that return from God, they turn on him and get mad. Emotions in, emotions out. If you, get, if you go with God emotionally, 
that everything's going to be emotional. Now, what is the opposite of that, Stephanie? That if I, if I have truth, though, if I have truth with emotion, right, what's the benefit of that? I, there's no gunman. Like I said before, if a man walked in here, a woman walked in here with, a, with an AK-47, I am fully convinced that Jesus is Lord, that I would give my life for it. It's that simple. Not because of my emotions, because if I was emotionally connected to God <laughs> and someone comes up in here with a gun in front of y'all and says, I'm going to kill your Bible teacher, I'm going to look everyone in your eyes and say, it was a pleasure. It was an honor serving y'all. First off, God can deliver me. But if I die in front of y'all today, it was well served. Because, not because of emotion, because of truth. He been too good to me, bro. Plus, God got wings waiting for me up there. <laughs> God got me some waffles. I'm gonna, first thing I'm going to eat in heaven is chicken and waffles. As soon as I, soon I get out big, the pterodactyl wings, I want them big wings. With that good old heavily syrup, syrup we never tasted down here before. Them waffles, them, I said, God, I, when I get up there, I just want Waffle House waffles. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that little fluffy Belgian stuff, bro. I want the little. Anyway, but either way, <laughs> it's not because of my emotions that I follow him. Because if it's emotions, then I'll, I'll save my life versus giving to the one who saved it. So worship can't be emotional. It has to be from truth, Right? So it says emotions are wonderful. There's nothing wrong with expressing tears and, 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 and raising your hands or, or whatever. But they can be destructive, out-of-control forces. Where the mind goes, the will follows. And so do the emotions. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us we have the mind of Christ, not the emotions of Christ. So truth has to be the center of your worship. And the reason why this generation doesn't really express worship is because, number one, it's forced by their family. And we don't like to be forced to do something that we ain't familiar with. And number two, we don't understand the father enough to really flow like that. Like, like when I'm by myself, worship is a little bit different. Like, because, man, if I could, t I could tell you, I could speak to y'all for hours about how good he's been to me. Man, after that Monday, man, my worship just went to another level because I'm like, God... Thank you for looking out for both of the, the greatest women in my life. Thank you for looking out for them. Like, like, like when you really start thinking about how good he's been, a tear might fall. My eyes been watery for the last two weeks because he's good to me. The money that he's allowed me to make, good to me, man. The, the car I'm driving, good to me, man. The house I'm in, he's good to me, man. My mom and dad still alive, good to me, man. You see what I'm saying? I'm able to impact people all over the world. He's good to me. So when I reflect on the goodness of God, then from that emotions may spill, right? Let's keep going. Maybe last slide, maybe not. Uh, there is only one way to renew our minds, and that is by the word of God. Why is it important for the word of God to be the source of my mind renewal? What is the acronym for Bible? Do y'all have, have you heard this before? B-I-B-L-E? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Oh, you said that last year. I did, yeah. Basic instructions before leaving earth. So, I have to make sure that I get God's way. Now, what are some things that, that people struggle with that they need to know God's mind, or know, they need to know God's principles from his word to, to navigate? 
I understand. That's good. What I was saying was, what are some of the things in life that we need basic instructions for before leaving earth? Calling purpose. That's big. What else? Let me get, let's get two more for talking purposes. Calling purpose. What else? Yeah. How to connect with him. What else? Last one. What are some things we need basic instructions for? We'll start with those two. Um, I, y'all want to teach? Here you go. I mean, if y'all want to teach, I'll go ahead. He do. Let him do. If y'all want to teach, I'm serious about Bible, fam. Y'all don't want to see that side when it comes to me and God, fam. Don't, I don't, I don't, don't play with that side. But at my call and purpose, I have to know, like, before y'all graduate, do y'all understand, fam, that there's plenty of people who are wasting $40,000, $50,000, $60,000 to go to a school and not know what they're here for. Why is it important to know now what you're supposed to do? Why is it important? You're going to set yourself up to fail. Yep, yep. If you don't know, you're going to set yourself up to fail. So I've got to get in my word, not necessarily because the word of God ain't going to say, uh, in, in 2026, y'all gonna, you're going to go to the league. The Bible ain't going to tell you that. The Bible's going to teach you the intangibles the importance of developing a relationship with God so that you can be clear about this. That's why we take personality tests. That's why I try to help you guys as much as possible because I got to make sure I understand what this is. Why? The biggest reason why I need to know this is because I want to have an eternal return on my investment. You don't want to stand before God, silent, and God says, Sila the author, step forward. Or Sila the graphic designer, step forward. Or Sila, whatever it is that he has for you to do, right? But you was an accountant. You're going to be looking around and be like, which Sila he talking about? And you stand before God. And he says, man, you helped a lot of people save money. You gave a lot of people a lot of money. But everything that I called you, I ain't getting nothing for. That's some basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> that before I leave this earth, I better know. Because even though she's saved, right? The Bible says, be very careful how you build on a rock. On the foundation was Jesus. Some will build with hay and straw. Some will build with gold and precious stones. But everybody's works will be tried by fire. And even though this gets burnt and your soul still saved, you didn't, work, you didn't show any, any worth. So I got to make sure, not because I'm going to go to hell, but because I want to make sure I give God my best. That's my worship. What was the difference between Cain and Abel? Cain gave his worship from what was cursed. Abel gave his worship from his best. Cain's worship wasn't accepted. Abel's was. And so we have to renew our minds about all these things, right? Um, there is only one way to renew our minds, and that is by the word of God. It is the truth, the knowledge of the word of God, which is to say the knowledge of the mercy of God. Like, I have to know what it took for me to get here, and we're, and we're back where we began. To know the truth, to believe the truth, to hold convictions about the truth, and to love the truth will naturally result in true worship. 
It is conviction followed by affection. So before I express emotionally, I got to understand intellectually what I believe. When you see your best friend, you know, your, your mom just cleared that your friend can spend a night. What, what expression do you give ten, typically? Are y'all too old now? Y'all don't be getting excited? When your, when your mom says your friend can spend a night? Or what happens when your mom says, <clears throat> we're going to go here. This is your birthday. We're going to go here, right? We tend to express excitement because we know something. Because my friend can spend the night, now, now I'm excited. Or now that I know that I'm getting this new phone, this new whatever, 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 I get excited because of what I understood, right? So the same is with God. When I begin to understand how God has been good and I have that conviction that it's him, then there should be some affection. So when God does do something for you, you got to be able to say, man, I, every time I pull up in a parking spot, Nine times out of ten, he always is funny. Every time I get into a parking, some car is backing out. And I'm like, God, oh, thank you for always giving me a good parking spot. The little things I thank him for. Because if you wait for the big things, I always give this analogy right here. Why is it bad to only thank God at the peaks but not at the valleys? Oftentimes, people wait until they wait to thank God for what? What's some big things that people be thanking God for? They be getting excited for? Promotions. Promotions. Promotions yeah. What's some other? What's another thing? Money. Money. Yep. Yeah. Big. That's a big one. Last one. Houses. Now, how often does that happen in people's lives? Not too often. The problem, the reason why we fall out of worship with God or love for God, because if I'm not promoted, I'm not thankful. If I don't make the money, I'm not thankful. If I don't get the house, I'm not thankful. But imagine if we thanked him over the little things. What are some little things that we can thank God for every single day, every single minute? Waking up. Do you know waking up is a miracle? How many days have gone? How many wake ups have we had that we didn't thank him for? Imagine if waking up is the greatest promotion of all time. You have now been promoted to Monday. <laughs> you have been promoted to another day. Right? If we only thank him for promotion but never thank him for waking up, then waking up becomes less than a miracle. Do you know somebody woke up this morning? Eyes in hell today? People understand hell is real. If you, people say, okay, how do you know hell is real? Prisons are real. <laughs> prisons are real. If prisons are real, if we got the common sense to create prisons because of people who broke the law, why you on th where did we get the prison from? Hell is a prison. <laughs> for those who break the law, who doesn't accept Christ's payment for that broken of the law? So somebody this morning, rich as all get out, they woke up in hell. Where my wallet at? Can I? How much God? How much God to get me out of here? How much? <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody in hell did this. How much God? You want two mil? How much God to get me out of here? And God's like, fam. <laughs> all right, God, just send me back. I'll do better. No, no. 
What's some of the things that are small but are big that we don't thank God for, but we should? Breathing. <clears throat> you know, God has the right. <clears throat> I don't know if there's an air valve up there, you know, <laughs> to, to when angels go to the, uh, go to the, you know, that closet with all the buttons and cut the air off down there. You know, he can do that, right? Now, I always say this. If God charged us, we did this last week, so I ain't gonna go through that same analogy. But if God charged us a penny for every breath. Some of us would have never made it to four years old. Breathing. One more thing. What is some other little thing that we get all the time? The ability to think. Do you understand? That we're the only ones that have the capacity to think that we like we do. Like a dot, not a dinosaur. That's <laughs> a lion can only be a lion. A lion cannot create a house. A lion can't think through problems and solve them in regards towards what we can do. A giraffe is going to always be a giraffe. A giraffe can't evolve to a human. We're the only ones that can be. That's why you think they call us human beings. We're the ones that are being like, like we can be anything we want to be. <laughs> A lion can't look at us and be like, man, I wish I want to be a human tomorrow. He can't. So the fact that we're able to reason every day is powerful. So imagine the level of worship you will have in your life. Not, not here, but imagine how far your worship goes up. If you think about that. Some people ain't going to worship God until they get that offer for whatever school they want to play football or basketball for. Some people ain't going to worship God until they get the job that they always wanted. Some people ain't even going to thank God until whatever, whatever, whatever. But if you make it a practice to thank him when you wake up, when you breathe, and when you can reason and think, and you ain't dumb over there with all types of letters after your name, where you're able to reason through things and you're not in a wheelchair incapacitated, where you able to walk? There's some people that got to be in. Do you know there's some people that got no legs and will go further and walk further longer than y'all? People, that's a motivational speaker right now who has no legs, no arms, making about a hundred some thousand dollars per speaking engagement with no legs, no arms. See what I'm saying? There's people who have less but reach their best while we don't. But you got two legs, two arms, 10 toes, 10 fingers, a brain. You can breathe. Your lungs are good. Everything is good. Pretty solid. And we barely give God the praise and worship he deserves. It is conviction followed by affection. Affection that is, that is response of truth. Not to any external stimuli, including music. Music as such, as such has nothing to do with worship. It doesn't. Music can't produce worship. Although it certainly can produce the emotion. Music is not the origin of worship, but it can be the expression of it. Do not look to music to induce your worship. Look to music as simply an expression of that which is induced by a heart that is wrapped by the mercies of God. Obedient to his command. So that right there, last few seconds, few minutes. We'll talk more about worship tomorrow and music wise. But music, people wait for music to get them into worship. No, you should already be in worship before you even get to the music. What that means is I've been reflecting on the goodness of God all day. I've been thanking him for the little things all day. I've been, I've been, I've been processing and pondering 
that man, he gives me the ability to play ball. He gives me the ability to do well in school. He given me, he has, wow, God, you made me so fearfully and wonderfully. God, you're so, man, man, sometimes the stuff that I do, man, I can't help but take a moment and say, God, man, thank you for making me wise. Lord, I can't believe people pay me money to give them advice, God. Thank you for that gifting. Thank you, Father, for giving me the ability to write. Thank you for giving me the ability to connect with kids and connect with people and help them. Man, that's a gift. I didn't give it to myself because I promise you, <laughs> if I was in heaven, what gifts would you have picked if God said, man, come up here before you come down to your mother's room. Pick what gifts you want to have. What are some gifts that you would pick that you don't have that you would pick right now? That if God gave you the liberty and said, pick these gifts, <clears throat> what gifts would we pick? Some people would pick, I want to be seven foot tall. <laughs> Lord, I wish I had the gift of, 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 of athleticism. Some people pick gifts like, you know, I wish that I can uh, process math quicker. Do you know your limitations create your unlimited ability? We said this in class before, right? That if Steph was six foot nine, seven foot tall, he would not be the greatest shooter of all time. It's because of his limits that made him the best and be unlimited and especially with earning potential. So we have to start thinking, God, for what we do have. It's a it's an honor for you to be short if you're short. It's a blessing for you not to be that tall, because if you accept your limitations, you'll be surprised what your height will do. Thank God for if like for me, when I was a kid, I couldn't draw. I couldn't sing. I couldn't rap. I couldn't do all the stuff that everybody was like, oh, that's good. But now rapping, singing, all that stuff wouldn't give me. But now I make so much so successful. God has blessed me to give advice. Do you know how long I can give advice? Because for football players, that's what I'm saying. You got to look at all your gifts. Because one day the NFL's done, NBA's done. And if you don't start maximizing these other gifts, then you'll be working at Lowe's. And a lot of people work at places that they never thought. They'd be, they'd go right back to the same hood they made money out of because they didn't tap into their full potential. All right, that's it. So we'll talk more about music tomorrow and what true worship is. I think we kind of said enough about music, um, but, but, but music is a good tool when you want to vibe with God in that worship sense, but it should not be the source of your worship. Any questions, thoughts, comments? Everybody's good? All right, we're done for the day.